Now Jehoram the son of Ahab became king over Israel at Samaria in the 18th year of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, and reigned 12 years. And he did evil in the sight of the Lord, though not like his father and his mother. For he put away the sacred pillar of Baal, which his father had made. Nevertheless, he clung to the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, which he made Israel sin. He did not depart from them. Now Misha, king of Moab, was a sheep breeder, and used to pay the king of Israel a hundred thousand lambs, and the wool of a hundred thousand rams. But it came about when Ahab died, the king of Moab rebelled against the king of Israel. Now, who's reigning, who's taking over the throne of Israel? Jehoram. Jehoram. Who was he? Son of Ahab. Who did he take over from? Doesn't say it here. His well, brother. His brother, whose name was? Ahaziah. Uh, Ahaziah. Uh, 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 yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's what I said. Ahaziah. <laughs> uh, All right, so review the king. In the northern kingdom, we start with which uh, dynasty? Jeroboam and Basha. No, who was the other one? No, who was the other one in Jeroboam's dynasty? Jeroboam and Nadab, and then new dynasty, Basha and somebody Elah. Then, yeah, it depends on whether or not you want to count our seven-day. Wonder Zimri, and then Omri, Ahab, Isaiah, Jehoram. So that is double the number of kings in the uh, dynasty that we've had so far in Israel. That's a four-king dynasty, and the most we've had are a pair of two. Now, on Judah's side, by contrast, who is who started out? Rehoboam. Rehoboam and then his son? Abijah. And his son? Um, Asa. Asa and his son? Jehoshaphat. And his son? Jehoram. Jehoram. So Jehoram, son of Jehoshaphat, was reigning in Judah at the same time Jehoram, son of Ahab, was reigning in Israel. Right? You have two Jehoram. You have two Jehoram. Right now, because verse 7. Right. But after Jehoshaphat. But after Jehoshaphat dies. Jehoram's still reigning in. Right. Jehoram's still reigning in Israel, and Jehoram of Judah will reign at the same time in Jehoram of Israel. Now, here's the $64,000 question. What is the family connection between Jehoram of Israel and Jehoram of Judah? Jehoram of Israel is what to Jehoram of Judah? Brother-in-law. Brother-in-law, that's right. <laughs> For in-laws. How were they brothers-in-law? Athaliah. Athaliah. Daughter of Ahab. Ahab. Was married off to Jehoram, the son of Jehoshaphat. Yes, exactly. Very good. All right, so how was... Oh, well, that's good for you. So how was Jehoram? <clears throat> Slightly better. Evil, but better. I mean, you know, he put away the sacred pillar of Baal. That's cool. What did he not put away? The sins of Jeroboam. Which none of the northern kings ever did. So what happened for punishment? He lost 100,000 lambs and 100,000 rams. Or did he lose them? Wolves. They quit paying the tax. Yeah, they didn't get them anymore. Misha, king of Moab, stopped paying tribute. So what, we, what would we call that? 
rebellion, treason, whatever. This is this means fighting words. And it's when Ahab died. Looks to me like Moab, Moab sort of thought, without Ahab in the picture, we can get by with this. You know, Ahab perhaps was perceived as stronger than what Jehoram was. Alright? Jehoram thought so too, apparently. Yeah, because he's not going to go into this thing alone, that's for sure. Comments and questions? Six to twelve. And King Jehoram went out of Samaria at that time and mustered all Israel. Then he went and sent word to Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, saying, The king of Moab, Moab has rebelled against me. Will you go with me to fight against Moab? And he said, I will go up. I am as you are, my people as your people, my horses as your horses. He said, Which way shall we go up? And he answered, The way of the wilderness of Edom. So the king of Israel went with the king of Judah and the king of Edom, and they made a circuit of seven days' journey, and there was no water for the army or for the cattle that followed them. Then the king of Israel said, Alas, for the Lord has called these three kings to give them into the hand of Moab. But Jehoshaphat said, Is there not a prophet of the Lord here that we may inquire of the Lord by him? And one of the king of Israel's servants answered and said, Elisha, the son of Shaphat, is here, who used to pour water on the hands of Elijah. Jehoshaphat said, The word of the Lord is with him. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat and the king of Edom, Edom went down to him. So Jehoram does think he needs allies in the fight against Moab. Who does he recruit? Judah. Judah, King Jehoshaphat, Moab rebelled against me, will you go fight with me? And what did Jehoshaphat say? The same thing he told Ahab. Yeah, sure will. Didn't learn a thing from that battle with Ahab. You know, kind of slow. Things might not turn out too well for Jehoram, but I, just like with Ahab, but I'm okay. I'll just and he didn't learn too much from the naval alliance with Ahaziah, Jehoram's brother, because you remember what happened to those ships. They broke apart. Yes. So he seems to be quick on the say yes to Ahab family people, and that's a bad thing. I will go up, I am as you are, my people as your people, my horses as your horses. And so he's, he agrees. They go up by the wilderness of Edom. Now it appears that they gain the king of Edom's support also. I suspect at this point Edom was under Judah's authority. And so being a vassal state to Judah, that Edom joins the alliance. So it really becomes Israel, Judah, and Edom going to fight against Moab. Ought to do the trick, shouldn't it? And uh, they fix on some strategy. That's how they go up. But what had they not counted on that really uh, causes problems? No water. So? Do they really need it? Uh, yes. Yeah, they're going to all dehydrate and die, including their animals, because they can't find any water. And Jehoram says, Alas, for the Lord has called these three kings to give them into the hand of Moab. We're goners. And what does Jehoshaphat say? Find a prophet and inquire. Have you ever heard him say things like that before? Is there not a prophet of the Lord that we He seems to always want to hear the prophet after he's made up his mind. That was the wrong order. Always better hear the prophet first. But he wants to hear the prophet. And uh, 
you know, who do they suggest? Elisha. Elisha. And so that's who they're going to get. Elisha's going to be the prophet. It's going to tell them what they need to do about this water shortage issue on the Moabite campaign. Comments and questions? I think it's amazing that the king of Israel said that the Lord has called them out to give them the hand of Moab. I mean, you don't see the Lord mention it all up until now. This is, seems to be Jehoram's idea. Yeah, yeah, good point. He might should have blamed himself. You can see that. The water were Moab and Edom, weren't they side by side? Yes, they were, but they're going down below the Dead Sea, so they're picking up Edom as they're coming back up into Moab. Edom was south of Moab. Yeah. Kind of under the Dead Sea. And Edom, I mean, do we know exactly their position at this point because they end up fighting against them all the time too and now this they do but at this point they seem to be allies yeah so we don't know for sure why but yeah my guess is that there's in submission to Judah Judas Judas where they got the authority over them at the moment they don't have any choice in the matter that's my guess all right other questions are coming Uh, 100,000 uh, lambs is a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of wool and a lot of mutton. So uh, I, I bet that um, failure to pay that tribute could uh, create a uh, you know, governmental uh, bankruptcy or something. They don't want to take this sitting down. So 13 to 20. Now Elisha said to the king of Israel, What do I have to do with you? Go to the prophets of your father and to the prophets of your mother. And the king of Israel said to him, No, for the Lord has called these three kings together to give them into the hand of Moab. And Elisha said, As the Lord of hosts lives before whom I stand, were it not that I regard the presence of Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, I would not look at you nor see you. But now bring me a minstrel. And it came about when the minstrel played that the hand of the Lord came upon him. And he said, Thus says the Lord, Make this valley full of trenches. For thus says the Lord, You shall not see wind, nor shall you see rain, yet that valley shall be filled with water, so that you shall drink, both you and your cattle and your beasts. And this is but a slight thing in the sight of the Lord. He shall also give the Moabites into your hand. Then you shall strike every fortified city and every choice city, and fell every good tree, and stop all springs of water, and mar every good piece of land with stones. And it happened in the morning, about the time of offering the sacrifice, that behold, water came by the way of Edom, and the country was filled with water. Well, Jehoshaphat wants to hear from Elisha. What's Elisha's first response to Jehoram when Jehoram fetches him? Why are you asking me? <laughs> yeah. And he said, no, we need you. The Lord's called us together to deliver us into the hands of the Moabites. I really need your help. You know, we're in big trouble. And what does Elisha ask for? A minstrel. Yes. Wonder why? He liked music. Yeah, and I'd say it's nerve-wracking to be meeting with somebody like Jehoram. You know, in fact, he says I wouldn't even talk to you, wouldn't look at you if it weren't for what? Jehoshaphat. Yeah, 
Clearly, God recognizes the distinction between Jehoshaphat and Jehoram. And he says, that's the only reason I'll even look at you. You know, he says, go to the prophets of, of your father and your mother. Why don't you go to them? Um, but uh, if, if when the minstrel comes and soothes his nerves, then he gives the Lord's orders for dealing with the water shortage. But it doesn't look like it's got a thing in the world to do with the water shortage. What does the Lord tell him to do? Go dig ditches in the valley. Well, a lot of good that's going to do. Fill the valley with trenches. They need water. What happened? They filled. The Lord just filled those with water without any rain or anything. And uh, that provided for the water shortage right there. You know, God sometimes asks you to do things that don't make any sense. I mean, you got a water shortage, you go dig some ditches. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That's what I was thinking. That's going to make him even more dehydrated. But the Lord knows what he's doing. Do what he says. Comments and thoughts. All right, let's look at the uh, result, 21 to 27. When all the Moabites heard that the kings had come to fight against them, all who were able to put on armor, from the youngest to the oldest, were called out and were drawn up at the border. When they arose early in the morning and the sun shone on the water, the Moabites saw the water opposite them as red as blood. And they said, This is blood. The kings have surely fought against one another and struck one another down. Now then, Moab, to the spoil. But when they came to the camp of Israel, the Israelites rose and struck the Moabites till they fled before them. And they went forward, striking the Moabites as they went. And they overthrew their cities, and on every good piece of land, every man threw a stone until it was covered. They stopped up every spring of water and filled all the good trees till only its stones were left at Kir Hareseth, and the slingers surrounded and attacked it. When the king of Moab saw that the battle was going against him, he took with him seven hundred swordsmen to break through opposite the king of Edom, but they could not. Then he took his oldest son, who was to reign in his place, and offered him for a burnt offering on the wall, and there came great wrath against Israel. And they withdrew from him and returned to their own land. Okay. The Moabites know they're in big trouble. They're fighting this three-nation coalition. So what do they do in verse 21? They gather every single person who could fight. Yeah. They're old enough to put on armor. <laughs> they mobilize them. So they're getting a huge army. And... Uh, what do they actually see here? When the Moabites see these trenches that have been filled with water, what do they see? It looks like blood. How does it look like blood? It's water. Sunrise. The yeah. sun was shining on the water. The reflection looked red. And so what are they assuming? The coalition fell apart in a welter of blood overnight. Yes. Why would they have thought that? wasn't water there. So, in there. Why else would they have thought that? The kings of Israel, Judah, and Edom weren't always getting along. Why else would they have thought that? Uh, Look at Second Chronicles 20. In Second Chronicles 20, the the sons of Moab and Ammon and the Munites made war against Jehoshaphat. 
And Josephat turned to the Lord, and God caused the Ammonites, Moabites, and Mount Seir to attack each other and destroy each other without the people of Judah even being in the battle at all. They came down to the battle after the carnage was over with musical instruments to celebrate the victory the Lord gained without them. So the Moabites, I'm guessing this was prior. I don't know if I can absolutely prove that, but I'm guessing that it was. Um, the more, if that's true, then the Moabites had already been a part of a mutual slaughter, and they know what can happen. Yeah, uh, to me, that would make it, you know, if, if you've already done this to yourself, then you're kind of imagining other people are probably going to go through the same thing. So my guess is what's happened to them not too long before makes them almost on the lookout for the same thing to happen with other people. What do you think? Good theory, anyway. <laughs> well, so what do they do when they see the blood? They come with their musical instruments. <laughs> yeah. Well, they just, you know, run helter-skelter over there to try to take up the spoil, and they're not prepared at all for the battle. Moab to the spoil. And so the Israelites are able to destroy them, and you know, only Kirharaseth was left. Uh, so they were able to conquer uh, all the, the cities of Moab except for this one. The Moabite king tried to break through, break out uh, where the king of Edom was. Perhaps he thought the Edomites were the weakest, but it didn't work. And then he offered his oldest son who had begun to reign in his place as a burnt offering. And there came great wrath against Israel, and they departed from him and returned to their own land. That is a really curious statement in verse 27. I'm not sure anybody's for sure what it means. You got any thoughts? About offering the sacrifice, or why they ran? Well, yeah, why, you know, when he offers his son is a sacrifice, why did there come great wrath against Israel? From the surface it appears that they pleased their God and he, you know, fought against Israel. But uh, obviously that's not going to That doesn't work. seem very likely, does it? <laughs> no. <clears throat> is it, I mean, it, I wonder if it was too, if perhaps Israel had gone against Moab with such unnecessary fervor, perhaps, that it pushed the king of Moab to do this thing, and if Israel had just backed off earlier, that, and so, does that make any sense? Well, yeah, maybe. Um, could it be in, the, in that case, then, that when the Moabites saw their king sacrificing the crown prince who was already reigning, that they got very angry and fought harder against Israel. Is that what it's saying? Or is it saying that Israel became very angry when they knew that that's what the Moabite king had done, he'd offered his own son and that they withdrew from the fight? Or does it mean that the Lord was angry and brought them down? I don't know the answer to that. That's a curious passage to me. 
Thoughts and comments here on chapter 3. There's no more king of uh, Moab. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> is there any chance that it's the king of Edom who is doing this and not the king of Moab? That would make sense why, you know, wrath would come against Israel because they're allied with Edom at this point. Um, but I have no idea why the king of Eden would want to do that. Yeah, I think it makes more sense if it's the king of Moab, but I don't know if th that's grammatically impossible. It's just a hard passage. Yeah, because the king of Moab tried to break out, and they could not, then he took his oldest son. Yeah. Yeah. Overall, it's a wonderful victory the Lord provides. Uh, in such an unusual way. Who would have ever thought digging trenches doesn't just provide water. It gives them a great victory too. Dig trenches. You may not see why. You may not see anything God can do with that. But if you do what God says, it's a blessing. Other thoughts? Alright, well we'll stop here to be on a chapter break uh, after Africa. So I think I'll be gone.